Movie pipe. Movie pipe. Movie pipe. Movie pipe. Say it. Say it. Say it. Movie pipe. Movie pipe. 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 Movie pipe to pipe Bushman. We've got to return some video games. <laughs> That's the real question, isn't it? Why? The how and the who is just scenery for the public. Emmerich, Berry, Wilson, the British guy, keeps them guessing like some kind of parlour game, prevents them from asking the most important question. Why? Why was Moonfall made? Who benefited? And who has the power to review it? Who? I had this whole thing laid out. I walked around the, the neighborhood, the compound, and I was recording an episode about Moonfall in the moonlight. I thought, where's a better place to share my thoughts on Moonfall than under the, the light of the moon? And um, what happened was I was walking around, I was coming up with some quite funny stuff actually. Um, I giggled a few times to myself, which is an indication I'm probably onto something. Uh, and when I listen to it back uh, later, I will laugh at those bits more than the other bits, because those bits are the bits that make me actually laugh. Anyway, I'm about halfway through my recording and it's going quite well and a bloody dog, a Rottweiler, went for me. Um, it didn't actually get me, it was on a leash. The owner had moved to one side, off of the sidewalk, but the dog um, is audible on the recording when I played it back. Um, I'll try and squeak that in a bit later at the end as a little treat, sort of like Marvel does in their movies, don't they? They have like a little post-credit sequence. Well. The post-credit sequence of the Moonfall episode will be Gigi Conk nearly getting mauled by a tiger, uh, by a Rottweiler, sorry, as I walk around my private compound in, in Florida. Um, anyway, so my, my thoughts on Moonfall, um, what, what hasn't been shared about Moonfall, um, I will try to share here. Uh, this is likely the most insane movie I've ever seen. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into other than it's probably going to involve the moon falling and it certainly doesn't disappoint in that category, in that department, the moon certainly falls. Um, and the entire rest of the film is spent trying to stop the moon falling, um, <laughs> to get it back into its, uh, its orbit around planet Earth. And you've got Halle Berry, uh, Patrick Wilson, one of the Wilson brothers. I uh, know he's not. He's not actually one of the Wilson brothers, is he? Sometimes we think he is, but he isn't. But I'm saying he's one of the Wilson brothers as a comedic thing that I will refer back to throughout this episode. Uh, we know, dear pipeheads, Owen Wilson is not. Sorry, Patrick Wilson is not a member of the Wilson brother clan. All right, he wasn't in Tenenbaums, I get it, but I'm saying it, it's meant to be ironic because I, I understand, but I'm sharing it ironically as if I don't understand it. Look, 
you're just going to have to go with it, okay? So Luke Wilson, Halle Berry, and some inexplicable British guy who goes by the name of John Bradley. And I, I've never seen this person before in a movie, but it turns out he's best known for a role in Game of Thrones. So that's probably why he's in this movie. Um, he's trying to uh, clearly trying to hit some quadrant, you know, all four quadrants, I, I imagine, um, of the audience ship. So he's in it. He's in, insanely annoying as this sort of British, again, inexplicably, inexplicably British character in an all-American movie. And he is a uh, kind of a conspiracy nut. And he's a mega structuralist. He believes the moon is a mega structure. It's not actually a, uh, a, 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 a fucking space object created from over millions of years of dust and particles coming together and beginning to orbit Earth. No, it's actually a human-made or intelligent species-made structure. And um, he, he's found proof and evidence of such. And he also detects the fact that the moon is falling before anyone, before NASA, before anyone else, this nutter figures out that the moon um, just sort of went a bit ape and started to shit itself a little bit. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm not even gonna get into the plot. There's no point. Um, it's, this movie was written by AI. That's the only exclamation I can, explanation I can give is the entire movie was written by machine learning and not a particularly clever one either. Probably the one that's in the, the robot that goes around your house and, and vacuums the Roomba or whatever. Um, because it's all over the place and it's it's pulling from so many other movies. There's Gravity, Martian, 2001, Event Horizon, uh, fucking Inception, there's The Matrix, there's like all of Roland Emmerich's movies gone by. It's like he's just put that into a machine and said, just come up with something. All right, it involves the moon. It's going to fall onto Earth so you get your big cities getting wiped out. He's like, boom. Um, Oh, one of the characters, Patrick Wilson, he's estranged from his family. So he's there's like a side quest subplot where he has to like reconnect with his son because his son doesn't like him anymore. And like he needs to kind of build a bridge with his ex-wife and like, uh, you know, he's the son's stepdad. Again, inexplicably now played by Michael Pena, who's brilliant, but totally underused in this movie. He's like he's he's a funny actor and he's just plays this boring the stepdad and he kind of ends up not being on screen towards the end and you're like is he dead <laughs> we have no idea what happened to him but he is a lexus dealer thankfully he is a lexus dealer so the ai was like shit how do we smuggle in our corporate uh, commercial package here that we have with lexus oh let's make the stepdad like a regional lexus dealership owner so he has a bunch of uh, car dealerships and he drives a Lexus so every car they're in is a freaking Lexus um, so that you know check and uh, and then it just it goes even weirder sort of you know towards the end where they they end up in the moon inside this mega structure and it's like this kind of gyroscopic contraption that's been built to keep the moon orbiting earth and blah 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 
and then the British guy says, oh, I, I've got bad guts. Again, why do we need to know that? It doesn't serve anything in the story, knowing that this guy has IBS. Very strange. Um, he has like a weird subplot with his mum. His mum's mad. She's in a home. She doesn't know who he is, but he's desperately seeking her approval in every thing. And he ends up, um, this is a spoiler, but it doesn't matter because you, you're going to have fun watching this movie. It's, ter- it's one of the worst films ever made, but you'll enjoy it because of that. And there's no spoilers because you've seen every every scene of this movie is taken from another movie. So you, you know exactly what will happen. You just don't know in what order it's going to happen. So the only spoiler is the order in which things happen. But you can literally have a bingo card for this type of character, this type of scene, this special effect, this trope, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the big, fat, kind of funny guy from England, who's not really that funny, uh, he he ends up blowing up the aliens. And uh, Owen Wilson and Halle Berry, they end up back on Earth. And they, they land in a capsule within like 200 meters of Patrick Wilson's family, who are traipsing across the fucking Rocky Mountains or some shit to try and find a bunker. So they all kind of get reunited at the end. It's like, what are the chances of them landing within 200 miles, let alone 200 feet? Um, Anyway, so they all kind of reunite and the stepdad, Michael Pena, is nowhere to be seen and they don't even really mention it. You know, this lady's lost her husband and she doesn't seem too bothered, but I guess they're going to reconcile. She's going to reconcile with Patrick Wilson and she'll just forget that she was married and had kids with another person. Um, you know, that's kind of what these movies do, isn't it? They just they just sort of paper over these human moments. Like, we're just, you know, don't worry about grief. Don't worry about bereavement. Your ex-husband's back. He just saved the planet because he pushed the moon back into orbit. Yeah, let's just, t- you know, pick it up from there, right? Don't worry about the last 10 years where I had a, a completely separate life and family. Don't worry about it. And they've lost their dad, the kids. They've lost their dad. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're going to get a nice, you know, package, an inheritance package, an insurance package, because he does own several Lexus dealerships. So I'm, I'm sure he's financially stable. He had a cabin in the woods, for instance. So anyway, but the clip I played um, before this part, the, the little monologue that I read out, um, was actually from uh, JFK, the Oliver Stone movie JFK. And if you have ever seen that film, it's excellent. Um, whether you buy into the conspiracy beats or not, I would appraise it simply as a piece of art. It's a fantastic piece of cinema. It's incredible, a remarkable piece of editing, of storytelling, of just everything. It's incredible and it it still stands up it still holds up and i'd say has actually got better um since time has gone on and that's now over what 30 years old that movie and it's just it feels so just oh it's just brilliant anyway there's a character in that movie called agent x played by donald sutherland if you've seen the movie you know the scene i'm talking about it's where um kevin costner's character Jim Garrison meets with Agent X. Agent X is like a former head of special operations within CIA and he just he it's one of the greatest exposition scenes I think in in modern cinema. He just goes for it for like 10 minutes 
he's laying it all out. He's laying out this kind of thesis around the assassination of JFK, and like he's bringing in all sorts of different um, actors and players and like theories. And he just, you know, Jim Garrison, Kevin Costner's character, can't take notes quick enough in his little. I mean, why didn't he just take a dictaphone? <laughs> it would have been easier, wouldn't it? Like, why did he? He's not fully getting it, is he? Because he's having to take notes. He's, his brain's having to listen and take notes. Why didn't he just record it? I mean, it was in the 60s, so they would have had... He could have taken a portable um, dictaphone or, or recording equipment, surely. And Agent X, he didn't say no recording. So anyway, they should have sorted something out before that. But anyway, Garrison's obviously taking his notes and Sutherland is just delivering this awesome sort of monologue about all sorts of business uh, asking all these questions why you know um and he does this great bit with his fingers he kind of he he's he's listing off three things and um you have to watch the scene because this is the sort of thing that doesn't work on radio or on podcasts because you can't actually see my hand but what i'm doing is i'm holding up my hand and he says thing one thing two and thing three and he does thing one with his little finger on his hand thing two with the next finger next to the little hand then he closes those things and then brings up three new fingers to do the third piece and it's brilliant it's like a weird little sutherland thing maybe that's how he counts in real life kind of you know it's it's all very um spontaneous or did oliver stone say hey don make your character count like this it gives it that extra dimension whatever it doesn't matter go and find the youtube clip look at how donald sutherland counts it's fucking brilliant. He's in Moonfall. This character is in Moonfall. But it's not Agent X. He actually has a name. He's called Holdenfield. And Halle Berry's character, sort of about halfway through, she's being instructed by one of her NASA... Because she's the director of NASA, obviously. She is being directed by one of her superiors to go and speak to Holdenfield. To go and get the real deal on what actually happened to the moon. Because at the beginning of the movie, she's in space with one of the Wilson brothers. And he experiences this uh, phenomenon, this alien phenomenon. And, you know, it causes somebody else to die, one of the other crew members to die. They come back to Earth and nobody believes Owen Wilson. So he gets kind of ostracized. She doesn't fully support him. She kind of throws him under the bus. Um, and she then, you know, kind of elevates her way up through NASA. She becomes a director of NASA. It turns out she has to go and kind of make good with um, Patrick Wilson's character because he's the only one who can fly the space shuttle up to the moon, obviously. But why else would he be in the movie? He's the only one who can pilot the freaking old shuttle that they have to take out of a museum, right? And we're, we're meant to believe that they can just get that operational again within one day. It's been sat in the Aerospace Museum in fucking Washington or somewhere. It's so weird, this movie. It's so bizarre. Shit, we need a shuttle. Yeah, but they were decommissioned 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. Get it out of the museum because it's definitely going to work still. It's not like they, you know, took any of the parts out. They just put it in there. And, you know, that thing will still fly to space 25 years later. Awesome. Again, it's, it's the machine learning AI that wrote this. They're like, we need a space shuttle. Well, where are space shuttles? They're in a museum. It doesn't matter. Just fucking get the space shuttle out of the museum. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. And guess what? Let's have a scene in the movie 
where they have to like get that space shuttle over to somewhere a secret um takeoff area in the in the mountains like let's just put it on a jumbo jet and just it's fine that's what they did back in the day and that's what we're going to do in this movie and um anyway this donald southern character he obviously it's just so fucking weird this scene it's i my feeling is he was in the movie a lot more like he was integrated into the into the plot more he was kind of like he was part of the conspiracy but he was also still within nasa but he was you know he was being gagged basically he was sent down into the archives um a bit like lucius fox in the dark knight trilogy where he's kind of sent down into the archives and he's kind of there but not really and he he can still kind of help bruce wayne um so this is this character donald sutherland holden field and i think again it was either the ai or roland emmerich or whoever wrote this movie was like what if yeah you know that guy from uh jfk they're like yeah you know the guy who gives that monologue about the whole conspiracy and jim garrison takes that and they're like i know why did he take notes why didn't he record it it's not about that what we want to talk about here everyone is actually not jim garrison's lack of recording equipment it's it's the the content that donald sutherland uh, delivered as agent x how about we have that in moonfall to add some gravitas to the proceedings like if we can get agent x back as a sort of tacit sequel reprising his role as agent x um i think audiences will love that because <laughs> so that's what they do and halle berry goes down into the archives she starts rooting around and then he turns up it's so, it's so dark down there you can't see anything um she's flicking through paper files and there's no lights like why don't you just turn the fucking lights on oh because he's at the end of the hallway in a wheelchair he comes out he's like what are you doing and she's like oh i'm looking at the some file on this moon thing he's like yep guess what the moon is made of cheese and um but nasa covered it up and then it's just this really weirdly edited scene where i don't even think halle berry and donald sutherland are in the same room i really don't this is this is filmed separately the editing of his monologue is it's like a william burroughs novel it just it makes no sense at all but it's also brilliant because of that <laughs> and it just cuts to him talking a load of shit about the moon and conspiracies and how he was sent down here and before like you're kind of there's like a tiny intro to his character where he's at his desk and it's dark there's a record player playing some old tune so you're like okay this is an old dude and he's cleaning out an old revolver and he puts a few bullets into it and then he kind of closes it and puts it on the desk now this is after we found out the moon is is going to crash into earth so i'm wondering if that's they're trying to communicate that donald southern's character is going to shoot himself in the face um eventually because he's like he knows what's going to happen he knows what's up so he's actually going to commit suicide and that you know that's meant to tell us something about his character like it's just this is route one storytelling it's so weird um and then he says once he's done sort of talking to halle berry he's like all right are we done here because i've got something important to deal with on my desk and that important thing 
hear pipe heads on his desk is his gun. So we 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 don't see him shoot himself. We probably he goes back to his desk and fucking offs himself <laughs> before he's had the chance to realise that Halle Berry and the the Wilson brothers are going to save Earth. They're going to put the moon back in orbit. So he might have unnecessarily committed suicide, um, which is unfortunate. But anyway. I think he's in this movie to add some gravitas. It doesn't quite work because he never comes back. He's never referred to again. It's just this strange sort of like little side quest that Halle Berry goes on and it just, there wasn't enough there. So I think he was probably a bigger part of the story, but they edited it down. It's like, shit, we got Donald Sutherland in our crappy sci-fi movie. Like, let's get the money on the screen, so to speak. Let's at least have him in it for a few minutes. Um, and then, you know, probably the dads who watch this movie with their kids are like, oh, it's that guy from JFK. Uh, that's Moonfall. It literally one of the worst films I've ever seen, but um, it was brilliant. I just, it was so much fun trying to figure out where it was going to go next. It was absolutely bonkers. Everybody involved should be ashamed of themselves, but I'm also starting to think, they just this is a fully gonzoed movie everybody involved is just like we are participating in a 150 million dollar gonzo experiment like this is insane roland emmerich is just having so much fun he's referring back to himself constantly in this movie he's stealing from all other types of much better sci-fi films and i don't think he cares that it's a shit film um, I think he's having too much fun. Everyone involved is getting paid way too much. Um, and it turns out Moonfall, I think, is going to become a cult movie. I really do. Um, it's just truly, truly bizarre. It needs to be seen to be believed. Um, it's utterly ridiculous. And I'm really happy that it exists. And you got to listen to me speaking about it on Movie Pipe for about 21 minutes. Uh, this is where I kind of it lost me completely because <laughs> I was laughing so much. Um, you know, there's tears in my eyes I could barely see. Like, no wonder Halle Berry's face looked a bit blurred because of my uh, lenses on my eyes were interfered with via tear. Via tear. I'm just about to talk some past somebody, and I don't want to be talking about Moonfall quite frankly, as I walk past a member of the public, because it would be somewhat odd to be talking about that. Anyway, Jesus, large dog. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's actually legitimately scary. That was an enormous Rottweiler <laughs> being taken for his nightly walk, and it went for me. Dear pipe heads, jeez, can you imagine that? A live mauling 